Hello, hello. We are back with another episode of Up In Your Business. We're here with JP, yep. the owner of Camp Nowhere and Dr. Duff's in Johnston. Camp Nowhere is in North Providence. Uh, funny story. So I went to, not funny, but it's a story. Uh, went to Dr. Duff's for the first time maybe a month ago. Uh, myself, my friend Brian, and Monica. And Brian had just came from the gym, and he was wearing his shirt from the gym. It said top strength. I've never been there. Uh, but we went, food was great, had a great time. So I was posting some videos from it and I tag Dr. Duff's, whatever. And uh, JP found it, saw it. And he's like, hey, thanks for coming in. By the way, I work out with Steve at Top Strength. And I'm like, how the fuck does he know about Top Strength? Little did I know, Brian was wearing his Top Strength shirt. Yeah, your buddy was repping the, the Top Strength colors. <laughs> with his fucking ginormous shoulders and coming in. Trying to show off. Just kidding. Uh, so we're uh, happy to have you here. Finally got this set up. Happy to be here. Finally figured out a good time that worked for everybody. I know, right? We're all busy. Uh, so we're going to start this off with a little segment we call 20 questions. Yep. So uh, it's actually 19 questions, but we're working towards 20, but it's basically like rapid fire. Uh, so Mike always says, don't think, just answer. All right. Uh, favorite color? Blue. Favorite snack? Any kind of potato chips. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Left or right? Right. Pick a number one to ten. Seven. Favorite number? Seven. Coffee or tea? Neither. Favorite drink? Water. Iced coffee or hot coffee? Neither. Steak or chicken? Steak. Oreo or Chips Ahoy? Chips Ahoy. Favorite vegetable? Carrots. Uh, prefer to work from home or in an office? This one's kind of... Uh, it's not even close. Office. Yeah. <laughs> Clean desk or messy desk? Uh, in between. Okay. Uh, your biggest inspiration or role model? Ray Kroc. Last time you ran a mile or close? At some point this week. Uh, coolest place you've ever traveled? Paris. First job ever? Bus boy at 14 years old. Okay. Favorite day of the week? Every day is exactly the same for me. <laughs> it's all the same. Cool. Ray Kroc, huh? Yeah. Guy from McDonald's. 100%. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, wait, that name sounds familiar, but I couldn't remember why. Yeah. Super inspirational guy. He didn't get Built successful empire. until he was in his 50s, too, you know, and just True. constant grind. Yeah. I didn't know anything about him until that movie. A lot of people didn't. He's, he had several books that were really good, too. Yeah. Um, but it just goes to show you that, like, perseverance is, like, the common denominator, I think, in yeah. a lot of people being successful, and it's... Ne very few people, especially in the restaurant business, hit a home run on the first thing. Yeah. And that's one thing as you talk to people, including me. And, so I have a business partner also. Okay. Um, that I've had since college. He's one of my fraternity brothers, Ezra Spitzer-Williams. Everybody knows it's like, he's a builder. So he does, I, I do all the design. He builds all the restaurants. Cool. And then he's like the hands-on, for all intents and purposes, general manager or operator. Sure. Not like he's in the restaurants, but he controls the general managers, you know? Yeah. Um, and we have different roles. But in the beginning, we didn't hit it out of the park either. And there's certain stuff that I'm just not going to tell you guys about that we did that wasn't <laughs> successful, you know? But when you do yeah. have success, you want to shout that from the rooftops. And right. Ray, Ray Kroc was really good at that and had a bunch of failures moving up to the point in which he, yeah, I mean, you saw the video. He didn't create McDonald's, but he took it no. and built it and took it to the next level from like, three stores to yeah. 10,000. He had the know? vision for it. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I didn't really know anything about him or even like who he was until that movie. Like you said. We did a few case didn't. studies on him at Johnson & Wales when I was in school and I, oh, it, was, wow. it was super fascinating. Huh. All right, well, now that we have this here, shout out to uh, my friend Sean Daniels at Craft Beer Guild for the beer. Yeah, what is that? You got you to gotta tell the audience what that is. This is a tubular IPA from Orno. Uh, also, fun fact about Orno, one of my best friends, uh, Marty Reynolds, if you're listening, uh, he did all the artwork inside uh, Orno Brewery and um, pretty much all the like artwork and stuff that they do. They had they did one time they had like a big like um, party at their at their brewery for the for a weekend, so they did like a big festival, and they rented or bought uh, like basically just the back of a 18 wheeler, like the, the whole truck part. Yep. And he painted like their logo and a huge slogan like all over the back of it within like two days. It's yeah, it's super massive. Cool. Yeah. So. Did you get a chance to see any of the artwork at Duff's that we've done like on the side of the buildings and stuff? Yeah. So that's what my friend, my, my fiance's uh, cousin drove by it. This was like back in February or March. 
And he's like, he, you know, he texts all of us. He says, guys, there's this new place we got to look at. I just drove by it in Johnson. It's called Dr. Duff's. It's where like PJ's Bob used to be or whatever. And we're like, oh, cool. And then kind of like forgot about it because everybody was stuck at home. And then sure enough, in August, we finally checked it out. So, yeah, I got a fun story. So the entire place was done by, um, shout out, uh, Dirty Deck. He's a really well-known Miami-based muralist. Okay. And, but, Having to do with like street art, it's like street art fusion with pop art, kind of. Is he yeah. the one with the stickers, the DJ Dirty Deck stickers? Yes. So he was always a DJ, and now he's super getting getting into art on a, like a major scale. He's getting like 15k now for painting like, like one mural. 10 by 10 mural. <sighs> Crazy. So we get lucky. We got lucky. So over COVID, um, obviously people didn't have the kind of money to just pony up 15,000 for him to be painting all over the country, which is kind of <laughs> sure. like what he's been doing over the last year. And I've been fortunate enough to know him since we were both young adults, um, even actually probably late teenagers. And he kind of just called me up and is like, I know you wanted me to like blast the front and side of the building. He's like, I've got nothing going on. I'm sitting at home all day. I need to get, get the out, of the house, out of the house. You know? yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, he gave us some, some good deals over there. Yeah, know? that's awesome. Um, so give us a quick intro of sort of who you are and – Maybe just a quick background on uh, Duff's and Camp Nowhere and sort of how those started. Cool. Um, everyone calls me JP. You guys can find me on social media. It's JP Rutkoff, which is a modified version of my long <laughs> Russian name, but JP R-U-T-K-O-V on uh, cool. Facebook and Instagram. Um, right now we've got two restaurants. I say we, just me and Ezra, uh, Camp Nowhere and Duff's. Camp Nowhere, we started four and a half years ago. It's on Smith Street, 1838 Smith Street. And at the time of looking for um, camp, we wanted something small. Um, I think small restaurants are in right now, or at least more so now than at the time that we were looking. A lot of people thought that it might have been too small. It was originally called Chubby's. It had been a bar. I think the Highway Lounge was mm -hmm. something it was before that. For like 100 years, that location, but very tiny. And we liked it just because... It was pretty much stripped down to studs. No one had been there about five years, and yeah. everyone was kind of scared of the project. Ezra's a builder, so we liked it right away, yeah. and um, we just built it from scratch. Plumbing, uh, f floors, bar, kitchen, wow. plumbing, electrical. Yeah, you guys Every saw a lot of potential in there. Yeah, and I think we ended up doing the entire project in under 70 days, which is cool. We had, wow, holy cow. Yeah, we just... All gas, no break. So you, know? you you said you design it. You design it like you kind of have the the vision for it. Did you yep. go to school for that? Or? No, I've just yeah. always been really good with interior design. Um, cool. It's just something I'm passionate about, architecture in general, especially like New England architecture and cool. using. Um, I don't know if this is reclaimed. I don't think so. But no, this is IKEA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But using like reclaimed materials, a lot of the stuff in camp and Duff's actually, which we can talk about. You, a lot of people that come in and experience it don't really. Some people get it and some people don't, and it's okay if you don't, but there's certain aspects, like the bar at camp was built out of floorboards from 1862 that were removed from the Wanskuk Mill on Branch Ave in Providence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, my friend used to own that. He's, they're redoing it now, but before that. he sold it, we bought 100,000 board feet of these like 20-foot um, Douglas fir planks, which you just can't get these days. They're three wow. inches thick. They still have all the square nails in them and stuff, and Ezra planed them down and refinished yeah. them. And the bar is made out of literally just three planks of wood, but altogether it's probably over a thousand pounds. And that's the bar at camp. Yeah, that's the bar at camp. It's a very cool bar. I've been there. It's yeah, like it's, cool. it's it's super cool. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else. The, the bases for the tables are cast iron laid bases from the 1800s that we I repainted them, and a lot of people got real mad that we did that because of the, the original paint and stuff. But now yeah. they're so chipped up from getting used that they've like taken on a second life too and you know they've seen so many different lifetimes there's certain aspects of reusing right awesome old stuff that's yeah that we really like so that's there's cool. a, like easter eggs in there that a lot of people will come in and not see but then some people like really nerd out on it and enjoy it so do you like do you in your mind you're like all right i want these types of chairs or did you see those chairs cheers and you were like oh these would go great so you the... i kind of just in my mind i figure out what i like so uh a good example of that is we have some stools made out of kegs, right? So I oh, knew cool. I wanted to build stools out of kegs. The first thing I said is, uh, well, I wanted to buy stools out of kegs. And then we scoured the entire internet and nobody on planet Earth sold a <laughs> yeah. stool that was at a keg base. Yeah. 
So I just said, Ezra, you got to figure it out. And, <laughs> and um, it was a it was a long process. Like the, the first gen versions of them, they all broke in the first two weeks, and then he was uh -huh. modifying the different like well, he had to weld a, a bracket that would then attach to a bar stool that would then attach to a, a keg, and you can't really weld into kegs because it's not steel. It's right. it's um. Is it aluminum? They're aluminum. So you can weld, but you need a special kind of welder to do it. Sure. So we had to buy that. And right. oh, we figured it out now and sold a bunch of them, actually, which is funny. We That's, at right. one point, That's cool. Yeah, sold a whole bunch of them to Japan and China and places like that. Which And that wow. started taking off. And we actually killed it because it was getting too successful. And we could make more <laughs> money by doing other stuff than building kegs all day. Oh, my yeah. God. You know. Restaurant and retail. Yeah, there's, there's, so there's not enough lifetimes to kind of do everything that I think everybody wants to do, right? right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I wish so, you would be good at everything. Yeah. Um, how did you get, so you, you were mentioning that you went to Johnson & Wales. Correct. Um, did you sort of like, as a teenager kid, like always have a vision of having a restaurant or being in the food industry? When I was about 14, I got into my first New York City nightclub with, an, with a fake ID and <laughs> Had the best time of my life, and I think I told my parents, who are like totally like just conservative, the, the New England family, you sure. know, um, just I told them the next day that you know I, I want to be in the nightclub business, and my my parents are the most supportive people on planet Earth, also. Yeah. And if I wanted anything, I wanted to do that back at 100. percent And then like literally from like that day on, they just knew it was going to happen, and yeah. I they didn't say like, uh, "You're crazy." <laughs> Or no, you're, you're no. 14. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just be the best at it. They, 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 yeah. I mean, I wasn't going in there and like drinking and stuff. I just thought it was yeah. a great, great, great time at 14. Yeah. I got a little fake ID in New York and like went in and just wanted to listen to the music and dance. And I thought it was yeah. great. You know, that's funny. It's a lot different than most kids who would have the same opportunity. Like yeah. that. Exactly. So my, my father was in the military and I got a chance to live in like Manhattan, Baltimore, wow. LA at a very young age, like every three years we'd move around. Jeez. So I got exposed to like a, a good portion of the country, at least the major cities, like at a young age and like yeah. get a good broad overview. That's of, cool. I feel everything. like, I feel like that can be good and tough. Was it, was it tough? Like always moving around being in new places or did you really enjoy it? I loved it. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I thought it was great. Um, my sister probably not so much, but I mean, everyone's different. And yeah. I thought it was cool. You get to like kind of reinvent yourself and, be whoever you want to be every time you moved. Yeah. And it was kind of neat. I feel like it must help with the like people skills too. Cause you're always meeting new people. Yeah. And it definitely helps with like your social socialization. It, I think it definitely helps with like being able to like adapt to yeah, certain your ability things. To, like, walk and, into a room. I can talk to anybody and yeah. from any walk of life, from any class of life. And I feel like I can hold exactly. a conversation yeah. and almost adjust who I am to meet that person's needs at that time too. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's helpful. For That's sure. a good skill to have. Yeah. yeah. So why Rhode Island? How'd you end up? Uh... Johnson and Wales. So I'm so, from. Okay. Yeah. So um, where'd you originally like first grow up? Sort of Connecticut, and then we ended up Far. back in Connecticut uh, right as I was going to college. Okay. And then yeah, my parents are in New Hampshire now and love it. But I'm I'm trying to slowly talk them back into moving closer because I don't get to see them enough. Right. Yeah. So I'm getting close. <laughs> that, that we were just talking. I'm re renovating a house on the east side now, and I'm trying to coax them into just giving them one of the apartments yeah at least for part of the year just to have them closer to yeah that's, that's awesome cool. yeah how you like in rhode island you like it yeah i've been here so long now so yeah i've been here since 2002 so oh okay yeah. long time yeah Very so cool. i think i'm probably a rhode islander at this point yeah minus, I minus the heavy accent i don't know if you guys can hear it i don't think i have a bad accent no yeah. no i can't even hear it <laughs> do we have one uh, not that i hear okay Are you guys originally from here <laughs> yep yeah I he grew, is i grew up yeah. in foxborough yeah, it's close it's enough. 20 minutes up. Yeah, I'm down in southern Rhode Island, Exeter, near Newport, over okay. there. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't get it down there enough, but it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. Too many tourists sometimes, though. In the summer. <laughs> yeah. So, Mystic, Connecticut, kind of where oh, yeah, I was in the end. The same thing. In the yeah. summer, you get tired of the tourists. And right. The winter, it's your own little city. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, because nobody's there. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so, whatever you feel like sharing, but like, wh what would you say are some of the challenges you had growing a restaurant business? Because think it's pretty known that the restaurant industry is tough to like break into and like owning a restaurant i don't know what the statistic is but there's some statistic about like nine out of ten restaurants fail Failure. yeah but i think nine out of ten restaurants are started by people that haven't ever owned a restaurant so i think everybody's like freshman year is is or freshman project is generally speaking gonna be pretty rough and yeah. like i said including mine um mm -hmm. we, i've done pizzerias um a few bars stuff that like it when you do good, you want to shout it from the rooftops. And when yeah. you do bad, you, you, it's like the nightclub promoters mentality, which is what I did all through college. We can get into like how I got my start in the restaurant business. But 
when a party that you put on sucks and nobody goes, you can still say best party ever. You take like a tight shot of like five people in the corner. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, banging, but in and tell everybody that it was a, a huge success. No one knows because no one went. Right. It's all about perception. That's it. Yeah. So, um, but in the restaurant business, when you're doing really good, you want to shout it as loud as you can, put everything online, on Facebook, yep. social media, stuff like that. And then um, when it doesn't go so well, you just want to just move on to the next thing. Yeah. But I think a lot of people probably start in the restaurant business super undercapitalized. Um, that's the biggest mistake that I see a lot of people make. And mm-hmm. I've had a lot of friends kind of see our success over the years and try to do their own thing and I feel real bad. They, they just go in, you need a lot more money than you, you would think to do it in the yeah. beginning. So you you always want to be prepared for the absolute worst and that's um, a reality of kind of like what's happening today. I think a lot of people that started prior to the pandemic um, are probably really feeling it right now. Yeah. Now do you think that's just poor planning on not having enough funds in case of a an emergency like this or just something because so many people are so many people were like blindsided by it out of nowhere yeah so it's it's i don't want to sound insensitive but if you've been open for 10 years and then the pandemic is something that's going to put you out of business it's poor money management um when you work for yourself it's tough to figure out how much money to pay yourself yeah in the beginning that's like a tough thing um the way that we kind of do it is we, I, I don't take $1 until everybody's paid. And a lot of restaurants kind of run on like a 30 or 45 or 60 day float almost where like, oh, wow. you know. Um, they only really have enough to get by for that long. Yeah, where you're on like terms with the liquor companies. So like 45 days after you get the booze, you're paying for that. But then sure. already, we do everything COD on, on purpose. Um, yeah, you're never us, buying stuff that you can't no, pay for. And I never take money that's not mine. Everyone's yeah. got to get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, before we take anything and it's just a good way to run your business um, and even life just personal finances you want to try to live off of about I would say at minimum like half of what you make you know you want to live within your means and just stack money away for something bad yeah and like this when this whole thing happened I, I did like a little video on um, my social media kind of just talking to the all, friends family staff and I said if we're closed for two years we'll still be there you know, like we're appropriately capitalized. Yeah. You know, um, so you don't have to worry about the staff leaving because they're not going to go work for somebody else because everybody's closed. Right. Yeah. You know, how so. did you how did you sort of learn that or uh, get that mindset, I guess, of like being able to stay afloat for so long or pay yourself last? And like, I don't know, like, how'd you get there? I don't know. I <laughs> I've been investing since I was like 14 years old. I like had my parents like opened me up a little stock account when I was young and I've just been like super obsessed with um, just being financially responsible. I just, that's just kind of how. So it's something a little bit your parents taught you a little bit. Yeah. I do much better than them though. It's, it's just, um, yeah, everyone's just wired differently. It's just, yeah. I'm always just terrified of something really, really bad happening <laughs> like this right now. Yeah. Like <laughs> when I die, it's going to be with a lot of money, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, which is probably not right either. Right. Cause you want to like, you can't take it with you. No, yeah. you can't. Yeah. You can't. But it's a fine line. You got to find. But that if anything bad line. happens, I'm I'm ready. You're set. Yeah. Exactly. 100. It's funny. I, I still live in an apartment. You know. I've yeah. Been, I've, been, I've had the means to live in a, like a big house. Yeah. 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 If yeah. you're living comfortably, then you know why why switch it up. Yeah, I own real estate, but I rent that out, and then if I ever feel like moving or doing something else or changing up the scenery, every few years I'll move to a different apartment. But I like to have the flexibility to kind of go where I want to do and do what I want to do and not be like tied down to a piece of real estate personally. Right. Yeah. But it's, right. it's good to have that as an asset and, you know, yeah. Financial instrument to rent out. That's yeah. Interesting. So how did you go from wanting to be a nightclub owner to a restaurant? Did you try a nightclub? Did you ever get the chance to try to live out that dream? Yeah. yeah. So me and Ezra did a nightclub in Orlando about five years ago. Um, and we were traveling back and forth cause we had other businesses here. And the rent was seventeen thousand a month. It's just a much different, which is very low, by the way. If you go to New York City, rent seventy five thousand for a restaurant the same size as Camp, depending on where you are in the Times Square area. Oh my god! I thought Providence was expensive. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's all Holy relative. Shit. The rent is actually not the the number that puts you out of business in the restaurant industry either. It's the payroll. The payroll is always going to be four times your rent. Right. Um, at least around here, maybe that's disproportionate in like a market like New York if the rent seventy five. Right. 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 
But um, where are we going? Where I went off on that little tangent? Your the nightclub. Oh yeah, nightclub yeah. to restaurant. Yeah, yeah. So the nightclub business, you have to make all your money in like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like mm. and maybe only Friday and Saturday, depending on like where you are. Right. If it rains that weekend, you lose twenty five percent of your revenue. It seems like a really sexy idea to have a nightclub, <laughs> yeah. but the guaranteed money of doing like the puppy stuff that's seven day a week, right? Like family business. Yeah. It's. I know how much money I'm going to make today. Can't like within two hundred bucks. Right. You know, it's just yeah, super consistent. And once, and once you get established and get, and get in there and n- know the numbers, it's you can like yeah set your life to it, which and is kind of cool. Right. And like you said, if you're not banked on like night nightclubs where people are only going to really go out and go hard Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Plus, you're beholden to nightclub promoters. So I was a nightclub promoter and bartender all through college. Okay. And in a lot of times, a lot of ways, like I really, really missed that. No overhead, all cash, you know. Um, yeah, true. But if you piss off those promoters, they take the whole party just to, across the street and yeah. you got to rebuild the night from scratch. It's a much different business than um, the restaurant pub business. We're in the restaurant business, but we like to sell booze too. Yeah. Um, it's a good mixture of both. Um, but it's, I much prefer the, the, the pub format as opposed to the nightclub format now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like you were saying, you could eat pub food. Like pub food is good seven nights a week. Like correct. There's never a bad night. People less will go out to eat Monday. Less problems. People yeah. are less intoxicated. Um, True. And it sounds like you you're kind of your own promoter when 100%. it comes to the. Pub. That's like that's my job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so you just have to worry about getting them in there once, and then they like the food, they like yeah. the drink, and they're coming back. I used to have Thursday nights at the Roxy when I was in college, and I had like forty sub promoters working for me, and every Thursday I'd make like twenty five hundred bucks. Um, and I did that like all through college. That's how I kind of got my start. I saved over a hundred thousand dollars in four years of college mm-hmm. of just working, working um, yeah. as a nightclub promoter and bartender. But I got to have fun for free, and everyone else was kind of paying. And I just saved every dollar and yeah, just get the war chest going. And then when you're ready to make a move, hopefully it works. Yeah, you know, good for you. The saving thing, like yeah. I wish I had that when, you know, a couple of years ago I was working for a marketing agency. We both were. Uh, and I was making like great money and you know, I was young. I'm, I'm 26 now. I was 22, tw- yeah, 22, 23 then. And so, you know, I had just graduated college. I was all excited. I was pumped. I was making some good money. And, um, I was living in like a crappy apartment with like some friends from college, like just super cheap, like 400 bucks a month. Cause there yeah. was like seven of us. Um, and then, you know, I guess like I don't know. I just got all cocky and I started making good money. And so then I went and like got my own apartment and I was paying like four times that. And yeah. but I was like, Oh, I'm living on my own. I got a cool apartment. And like, I always look back and I'm like, if I had saved all that money, like it would be like game changer. Yeah. Put it, if you imagine if you put it into Tesla stock and not only saved it, you know? <laughs> right. don't get me started. <laughs> but I think that's like, a, that's a problem with America though. In and in a lot of ways. And it's, but it sounds like at least if you're, you're a, self-aware of the fact that you did oh, that yeah. it's not going to repeat itself right right um but and i also I, realized that it was like a point in my life where i was young and i wanted to like get out there and live on my own and do my thing so like you know i try to like not sit there and regret it i saw something recently where it said i think 80 percent of americans are living paycheck to paycheck but that's not low income that's like across the board like people making 150k a year right yeah are literally like just paying for like two benzes you know a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar house that crazy they can just barely try to impress people yeah it's wild you don't need it all it's crazy how material materialistic like that's the word i said that right right yeah (laughs) how people are like that nowadays just to show off to show how flashy they are yeah everyone goes through those phases though like when i was was obsessed with buying rolexes or wanting a rolex when i was in college and stuff and then you go out and get all the the fun bells and whistles and then you realize how little it really matters and like no one will ever notice that you're wearing a ten thousand dollar watch yeah you know as you get older it'll it'll be i realized it was uh i got 10 years on you guys you're 26 also 28 you've done a lot yeah you're super old Super old, yeah. <laughs> Almost 30, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 30's rough. 27 was like the year that like I'm like, oh man, like it's not stopping. Yeah. 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 I think definitely now it's, all right, put this aside. And especially now student loans too. Yeah. Like student loans are killing me. And I, if I could go back and tell 18-year-old me, hey, don't do this. Go learn on YouTube how to do it. I would have done that. 100%. So if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't go to school. And I yeah, tell a lot of people that. Here. I yeah. had a really good experience, but... Same. I had a weird student loan scare recently in like the last three weeks for the, the last property that I bought. For some reason, there was one student loan 
for some reason had gotten mixed up and I thought I had paid my student loans off like five years ago. Uh, and a $20,000 loan popped up for me to, on like CAVERS, which is like the program that shows like government debt if you owe someone money and I had to like pay that off. Like really? un- an unforeseen $20,000 like Wednesday. Just get it, blindsided Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty. Uh, that's nuts. Yeah. But that's the that's the debt that you can't get rid of, even you know. Even if they, you declare bankruptcy, yeah. yeah. So they, they always get their money. It's just better to give it to them. And yeah, yeah. Do you, do you ever follow Gary V at all? I've seen his stuff on Facebook for sure. I don't I don't, I don't know if I clicked like the follow button. The but. student the student loan thing is something he always talks about because he talks about like I never knew that actually if you declare bankruptcy like that's something student loan will follow you forever like hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but he also actually has a good point about what we were just talking about the material things. He says people buy, people buy stupid shit to impress people they don't even like, something like that. Yeah, it makes sense. Or yeah. to put a photo on Instagram or something. Right. Like I think this. that's just like a human flaw that like everybody falls into to some point. But yeah, at least but no one about degree. it, and then you can like try to break the break the mold, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 But, um, you, but I think you can learn just as much on YouTube that you could learn from any college. You oh, know, yeah. it's like. I think they upload like 300 years of content to YouTube every single day or something. Yeah, it's, it's it's just like a never yeah, ending some crazy number like that. Yeah, and so a good example like Ezra, my business partner, taught himself how to build like houses from YouTube. He never went to school Shit. for it. He's from like Long Long Island, New York, from a really wealthy family that was not into like doing stuff with his hands. Like as as it, well, his family wasn't. I should say. Right, right. He's always been interested in it, and um, like over the last 10 years, like he can. You could build this whole studio out super easy with his eyes closed now. Well, we got some oh, shiplap over here. Yeah, we got to put some shiplap up. It's on the floor. So. I, don't know, I don't know if he's going to actually have time to do it, but he, but he could. But I've got guys that can do that for you. Cool. Um, I got a question. Oh, yeah, speaking before that, just yeah, like the whole YouTube thing. I mean, we have a saying over here. It's YouTube University. Like, 100%. If there's one little, say we're making a video and I want to make the title move a certain way. It's like, where am I going to go? Straight to YouTube, and they're going to have a tutorial on how to do it, and I'm going to be able to, and I'll know it for the rest of my life. Well, I think these big institutional colleges and universities are days are numbered, and I think, yeah, I think, I think they know it. In the days of being able to charge, I I think like Brown is still charging everybody full tuition, but they're doing online classes and stuff. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Sixty thousand dollars Zoom calls, right? Yeah, That's wild. I know Harvard. It was all in the news when Harvard was going to keep the same tuition, but nobody could come to campus. Like everybody, the news was fucking up in arms and shit. Like yeah, and then and then Harvard got the PPP money and <laughs> yeah, they really needed. They had like a, a two billion dollar endowment, you know. Right. So. Shake Shack got ten million dollars, and the Lakers, the Lakers <laughs> got some money. You know, they were really hurting this year. Yeah, I think they were really affected. Um, how did you how did you meet your business partner? Uh, fraternity brother in college. Oh, right. You yeah. said that. Okay, cool. Um, did you guys know immediately when you met that like, like, how did you come up with the idea that, all right, we're, we're going to be partners? Yeah. How did you build up that to... trust to know no, that? No, we both were in the same business, but separately. Um, Ezra's two years younger than me. Okay. So I didn't really even talk to him in college, to be oh. honest. He was just like, he cleaned my house and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, you made him do I, things? I, I, I think literally. Yeah. 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 Uh, so. A little um, pledge. I made you. <laughs> yeah. Was, but um, he started doing real estate before me and then got into like a couple small bar and restaurant stuff and i was kind of doing the same thing and then we were like sort of clicked if we both put our money together we can probably do something a little better yeah um and yeah cool with mike and i I find that being business partners like he has his strengths and i have my weaknesses and i have my strengths he has his weaknesses and they kind of complement each other and there's just also not enough time in the day for one person to do it it's it's just it would be impossible for me to do Duffson camp right. without Ezra just and, and vice versa. You right. know? I was literally about to go there Yeah, <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Talk, talk a little bit about like, cause I think there are a lot of like solopreneurs, solo entrepreneurs, solo business owners where, you know, like sometimes we'll talk about how we think back to when, before we were like working together and doing this ourselves, we think back like, how the hell did I do all of that? And still make, you know, like Mike's strength is like the finance and the actual like day-to-day editing things, whereas like mine's sort of like the talking to people and uh, marketing and stuff like that. Well, you guys could replace each other. The problem is the replacement cost would be extremely high <laughs> if you had to pay a full-time editor, True. You, you know, and or a full-time bookkeeper, accountant, yeah. like all. Like I, I do that also. It's just so you can do it by yourself. You have to have a really good team of people, and you need to make enough money to, to do pay it, for you know? that. Yeah. yeah, but I guess like talk about that sort of balance and and you know 
how maybe your strengths complement uh, Ezra's weaknesses and stuff like that. Like, how did you guys really, you know, in like defining your roles, like how has that worked out? I, I do all the marketing. Um, I'm kind of like the face of the business in, in a lot of ways, and he doesn't really enjoy doing interviews. And anytime we do stuff, on, we've done Phantom Gourmet, Wicked Bites, Providence cool. Journal, just basically every paper and magazine. And he just doesn't enjoy doing it. And he likes to, he's covered in sawdust all day long and likes building, building shit. And yeah. 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 Just. That's sort of Mike. He doesn't like being in front yeah, of the camera. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Like, whenever we did a commercial and Mike was the actor. And yeah. Just yeah. Like, I'll stay behind the camera. I'm not yeah. doing anything. <laughs> Listen, some people like it. Some people don't. I just, I was, a, yeah, I was a promoter as a, when I was younger. I, I enjoy talking to people, getting out there. And moving around a lot as a kid, you probably get just so used to talking to so many different people. Absolutely. I enjoy my quiet time now, too, but I really oh, do yeah. enjoy the socialization of, like, so when the restaurants are open, though, we... This will be good Um, because I think a lot of people think that you have to be the life of the party or like the person inside the restaurant 24-7, like entertaining guests. I think that will ruin your life. I think that the people that are going to be in the building all the time are going to be your managers and your staff. And it's really important for them to have like meaningful, awesome relationships and interactions with customers because they're going to be there when they come Mm -hmm. back. Yeah, I'm not necessarily going to be there when they come back. And one of the things that I think people do wrong is when they're just... Well, first of all, drinking in front of like the staff and customers I, I just, is never a good look. There's nobody that makes money and is successful in the business that ever does that. So right. if you go into like a little place and the guys just like drinking at the bar, they're already out of business before they know it. But um, yeah, it's super important to empower the people that work for you to kind of like be the guy and have yeah. the ability to comp drinks and like do effectively what the the owner would do. Right. And then as an owner, you interact with them and make sure with with the management. We kind of just stay out of there when it's open, to be honest. We'll never really. Really? Yeah. That was going to be like sort of my next question is like, how do you balance making sure, you know, both places are running smoothly? You know, there's so many different aspects to running a restaurant. Like I mean, the short answer is there's no work life balance. I, right. I do 90 hours a week in the office. Right. Which is in, right in between camp and Duff's. Okay. And whole wall full of screens. I was in there the whole time and we just watch everything all the time and are in constant text or call communication with the point man yeah. manager on duty that day and we catch everything so <laughs> you get the manager to buy in by kind of making it seem like he has kind of the powers that you have that yeah. you were in that building 100 percent. okay and if they want to tell people that they own the place they can too it doesn't bother me you know <laughs> and maybe they they'll, they will own a piece one day you never yeah. know like yeah. the world so you're not actually when the restaurant's open you're not there almost ever never there how do you um, find someone but I, i'm there my yeah, eye yeah, in the yeah, sky. Yeah. How about next time I go when my, for when trivia? I, when my friends go in, it's funny. They'll like text me that. <laughs> yeah. Next time I go, can, can you show up for me? Maybe. If I showed I'm up for every you single, don't have to do that for every single person that, that texted me to you know, <laughs> I'm just messing. I never get to do anything else. Oh, that's funny. Uh, so how do you find the right manager to put your trust in? Because we talk about hiring all the time. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's it's really really tough um, when you find someone. Don't let them go. That, yeah, that's yep. give them too much money. Give them so much. <laughs> give them so much money that they can't they possibly can't go leave. somewhere else yeah. and get a better deal. Because replacing somebody, you, you generally go through like five, ten, twenty people before you find the right person. Right. Um, and it's really tough to find somebody that cares about your business as much as you. It, oh, yeah. You can find it. Um, but it's nearly impossible. But kind of what we say is like like Dave and Brooks, if they ever want to um, buy in and do another project and want to find the deal and put it together, um, they could get some sweat equity for sure. Yeah. And, and get like a little equity in there if they wanted to or come up with money and, and be a partner one day in yeah. something new. Because we definitely want to open more camps. That's on the horizon. Cause camps are a cool spot. Yeah, it's very non-threatening, casual. You know? Yeah. I think it's like the Tinder... <laughs> headquarters of Rhode Island. It's it's, it's it's so funny when you see all the. Yeah, it's like the, the that's the spot. Can well, you tell when you, someone's on a their first date compared yeah, to my, like my, their, well, my whole life is on the camera. Yeah, so it's I like, like <laughs> it's like the awkward hug. Then they go yeah. sit down. You know, it's funny. That's funny. Uh, but, yeah, a good portion I would say of the the two tops that show up are probably like <laughs> internet dating connections. Yeah. Well, because like sometimes like so I've been there probably a handful of times, maybe ten times. Um, but before we'd ever went there, the, like the first time. I was like, holy shit, it's packed in here. Because the inside is, like you said, it's not very big inside, but there's like a straight bar down the middle, and you can kind of like sit on either side, and then there's a couple tables on the side, yep. and then the bar on the left side. And we went in, and it was just like packed. And I remember, I think it was like kind of cold out, so we 
either like the outside seating was just not not available or whatever but we like kept searching and then finally we just kind of like squeezed in on some bar but like it was like what we were talking about earlier like it was so small and so busy that we were just like oh we gotta try it like we gotta go yeah we've considered like maybe expanding several times and i think it would just be a mistake there's been i i don't want to change that particular location i think right. the way to expand would be to just do another one somewhere well because then even to that point like and then over the summer we would go out there a couple of times, like my friend I was just talking about, we'd go there and we'd sit outside on the picnic tables and, and out in the patio area. And it was like, cause it was summer, it was warm out, it was perfect. Like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. Yeah. I mean the host at, at camp now basically just is like the biggest promoter for Duff's cause when it gets full over there, they're like down the street, go to down Duff's. the street, down, right the street. down there. Yeah. yeah. How far are they from each other? Like a mile and a half. They're, they're, really? They're close. We originally bought that. PJs to, not let anyone else buy PJs. We just didn't want anyone to mess with camp, to be dead honest. That's the That's the entire reason we bought that place. And we never had the intention of like trying to like, let's make all the money in the world over yeah, here. We just yeah. didn't want someone that knew what they were doing, which, which was possible to do it, and then possibly mess with us at camp. Yeah. But Duff's has turned it into its own like cool thing. Right. Um, it's called Dr. Duff's Lost and Found Project. We always <laughs> like to do like really weird names that like yeah. are going to turn off anyone that's not like a millennial. Right. Um, Camp Nowhere, the same thing. It's like great when you go in and you apply for um, to like just own the name, like the the DBA, and like the, this old person behind the counter will just uh, you guys are opening a camp. No, nope. after are you sure you don't want to put bar and grill on the sign. Not a possibility that we would want, want to do that. <laughs> I want everyone to be confused, and if you get it, you get it, and slowly organically you're going to build with like a really cool yeah. clientele, and like we do try to like really target a specific person to come yeah age-wise I mean, right because i mean yeah. you're not you're not marketing to the people who just want to go to like so-and-so grill or so-and-so bar like no young uh, people spend more money they have more disposable income less responsibilities more time to go out less like i just to, told you i spend more money than i probably should <laughs> less likely to be married once you get married how often do you go out right you, you know like my girlfriend my fiance my fiance and I like to go out a lot, so good. Yeah, wait till <laughs> we'll you be have, good wait, customers. Wait till you have kids. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, Hold yeah. on. <laughs> um, so at Duff's, how did you? Because camp has its sort of menu. I was telling Mike, it's like very pub food sliders. Yep. At Duff's, I feel like it's very big on like. I mean, I got a huge sandwich. I don't know if there's any. I can't remember if there's anything else besides like you know the apps like mozzarella sticks and onion rings and shit, but like. Who came up with the idea to just do these crazy ass sandwiches? I do all the menus. So we, Duff's is going to just change like seasonally. We're just going to keep switching it up. Okay. Um, the sandwiches are awesome. We they, they were small, and then one day, um, Ray, the the, the kid that's worked for us for a while, just made this big sandwich. And I said the thing is fucking crazy. Dude. Yeah. I don't know whether you want to shoot it or eat it. You know, like, <laughs> and it just worked out. And we, we ran them as a special for a while, and it, it Took worked. Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I went. I think I tried one of the, the uh, like the regular, the classic burger, mm-hmm. but uh, my friend Brian got like the hot chicken sandwich, um, but it was. We actually, was, uh, on the menu now, it says, be careful, the, the chicken sandwiches are big as fuck. I, <laughs> like, I, I, put, I put that on the menu. It was, because I don't know if you saw the photo of him like holding it up with his face behind it. It's massive. But we wanted, the, it was the week that um, the General Sow's chicken sandwich was running, and I, I was so close to getting that one. Yeah, that thing is, is awesome. Oh, yeah, my idea right there. I couldn't that's even find on. one on Instagram, <laughs> so we just kind of did it. I mean, that but, goes to show your branding as well. But that's the whole point, though. Yeah. Is you want everyone to have like some kind of a positive interaction with yeah. whatever product you sell, and then put it online. Yeah, you know that's why we do the dry ice and the drinks. That's why we do the big sandwiches. Yeah. Um, camp the food not isn't like too Instagram worthy, I would say. But just the fact that it's three bucks right there. Exactly. Everyone takes pictures of the receipts. Yeah. But oh, at camp, funny. we do those ninety-six ounce fish bowls with dry ice in them and oh, okay. the second that you put that on somebody's table four different phones come oh out, yeah and you just feel like it's awesome you know, like that's that's the whole point we design you know it's funny i was talking to with a friend recently and we were saying like in the restaurant business food business um like if you have a good product the marketing like your customers do the marketing for you correct like you imagine the i mean even myself my first time there i had a good time tag camp nowhere put the location on the instagram story yeah. now my friend brian's like oh we got to go back there that was his first time he'd never been now he'll it's something he'll consider it kind of builds inertia too and the more people that do it the more people think that it's cool whether it's cool or not and then like then they have to come in and get the pull you know it's it's very strange the internet is um 
funny place. Yeah. <laughs> 2020 is a funny place on the internet. Yeah. I tell people all the time, I don't really think, listen, we take pride in our product and everything's perfect all the time, but I think there's a lot of bad products out there mm-hmm. that sell because the marketing's on point. Not yeah. so much in the restaurant business because it's super tough to like sell if shit you have, food. You yeah. Know, you know? If you have bad food, nobody's coming back. But there's like lots of stuff that people buy, like the Amazon products and yeah, yeah, I don't know. Something. <laughs> this is Ikea again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, but I but Ikea is like trending right now and everyone's going to buy Ikea. It might not be the most. Yeah. It, it, that's probably a bad example too, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the yeah. right marketing, you can sell a bad product. Right. Yeah, McDonald's right. is the yeah. perfect example. True. You know, it's just trash. It's I mean, look arches. at that. Like, it's they... irresponsible. It's not even food. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's number one. I would consider buying a McDonald's. Like it's something that I've... I've looked into recently wow. franchise one they make so much money it's, yeah. it's, it's sick. a cash cow yeah it's sick. i mean look what they just did with the was it travis scott oh yeah with that's they made one sandwich named that? after him and it they're like selling out everywhere just because his name's attached to i it. saw that like what McDon- marketing is that? mcdonald's has a, a beef or quarter pound shortage because what he's explaining is travis scott they have a a meal called the travis scott meal and it's like a certain big mac with bacon and blah 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 and you're supposed to like you say, oh, Cactus Jack sent me because that's like a saying that yep. Travis Scott says or something. And now they have a, a quarter pound shortage. Yeah, marketing. Yeah. Ray Kroc. Ray Kroc, there <laughs> you go. Well, no, the new Illuminati marketing guys. Though, there, <laughs> but yeah, 100%. Yeah, just yeah. a testament to, yeah, it's a marketing company that sells food. It's awesome. I have a question. With with a, a restaurant where, in two different restaurants where you're managing employees and what are some of the challenges of managing employees and how do you sort of overcome not, not in a sense like the managerial staff, but bartenders, hosts, waiters, waitresses. Um, what's the, what are the sort of challenges of like managing people, especially young people? You know, yeah, that's, that's the hardest part of the business for sure is just staffing. Everyone's having the same problem too. Um, we're lucky to have a lot of people stay with us for a long time. Yeah. But I think if you ask a restaurant owner, like the biggest challenge in the restaurant business, it's always going to be staffing. That's going to be number one. No one really wants to work, um, and I, I, that probably sounds like a broken record, but it's it's yeah it's no, it's, it. it's it's super tough yeah. because yeah I don't really know the reason to be honest, but that that's definitely the hardest part finding so, like good solid work reliable just, just reliable people. just reliable. if you can just show up when you're on the schedule that would be amazing because it ruins everybody's day yeah. not really mine anymore but um, the, the managers like it's super stressful like yeah. when they show up and there's someone not there you're letting down like the whole team of people not right, not right. even me the, 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 everyone else has the to domino work effect twice as hard right um and running around like chickens with their head cut off that day and it's right. and then the customers it's tough to explain to a customer that your food took longer because this person didn't show up because they don't care yeah right. it's all it's all on it us doesn't matter it, there's no excuses at that point so we just got to right. figure it out um it's a lot of critical thinking you know and there's something which is one of the things that i enjoy but it's it's different every day but so. yeah that's the realities of just yeah just owning any business there's always something going on someone didn't show up or someone got in a car accident um our gm his car broke down on the way to work the other day Ugh, you know we sucks. just solved the problem yeah. yeah and that's it that's all you can do you just know? putting out fires that's and it. random fires too coming out yeah. of nowhere that's that's what we call it putting out fires yeah. that, that's like our entire job 100%. yeah like well i'll come into the office and have my checklist of things to do and all of a sudden, you're getting an email here, getting a call here, left here. And then next thing you know, it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You haven't even started what you need to do yet. 100%. Yeah. So me and Ezra kind of split the hours up. So he gets up early. I, I get up at noon every day. And then I'm up till like 5 in the morning. Oh, yeah. So okay. I put out the late night fires. He's there. Doing That's all true. Because I do always see, I feel like your, your snaps and stuff. I feel like you're always up till like 4 or 5 in the morning. Sometimes you're like gym sesh. And it's like 3.30. I'm like. What? <laughs> yeah, do you not, just dr- come? not drinking. <laughs> Trust me, I, I wish I'd be asleep much earlier. Than yeah. if, I, if I made it till four, there was no fun. Yeah. So yeah. does your body just come accustomed to living that kind of lifestyle? Yeah, I've been doing it. I even scheduled my like college classes um, late. I've been, okay. I've been just a late night person for the entirety of my life. I, I, I remember. To like, just think that's or kind of feel that's when you were the most productive. Hundred yeah. percent. My brain's like all the synapses are going like. At that time. Once the caffeine really starts to sink in, like <laughs> yeah. right around now is when it would be happening. Um, yeah, from here to the end of the night, I'll be good. Right, right. But the first two hours that I'm awake, like noon to two, like no one talks to me. Just don't. <laughs> I got to work out and then start caffeinating and yeah. then I'm good to go. It's yeah. funny because like right now, 
it's five tenths, the end of the day for us, but this is really like the middle. Yeah, I haven't had beginning, lunch yet. middle of the day. Yeah. <laughs> how much? How much do you actually eat at camp or Duff's? Um, I make my own food there. Okay, you know, so I'll I different stuff. Yeah, but yeah. as far as like right off the menu, what, like maybe once a week or something. What's one of your favorite things at either Duff's or camp? Uh, the jalapeno poppers are new at Duff's and they're awesome. It's like real whole jalapenos that we stuff with like buffalo cream cheese and chives and stuff like that. I've been snacking on those quite a bit. Sounds good. My mouth um, would burn. The off. chicken sandwiches are so big that like it's hard to eat those and keep being and productive it, after. Well, it's just on the fly. Like I don't really sit down once the day starts. Like yeah. I, I have this funny like saying where my shoes just don't come off. I don't sit down. I just right. you just it's it's a whirlwind until the end, and it's yeah. tough to like sit down and eat like a fifteen minute meal. Yeah. Right. So I'm just picking all day. Yeah, yeah, little things. I try to leave my house with like like snacks. snacks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's funny that you can pick out. Um, so a friend of mine recently is starting a business with his uh, girlfriend, and it's funny because he's always worked like a Monday through Friday, nine to five type of job. And uh, they started this business and he sent me a, a video last night or a picture or something. He's like, I haven't stopped working since Sunday. This is bullshit. I quit. And I'm like, dude, it's been five days. You better get ready. <laughs> yeah. Welcome <laughs> to work more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm like, are you serious? You're not going to stop for like six more Sundays. Like, don't get used to any days off. Like my friends that work nine to fives, I always joke with them and I'm like, that's so cute. You're doing half days. You know, it's, it's not even, I, if I go on vacation or which doesn't happen a lot, it's like a, it's like a Sunday night through like a Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I can't you remember the last home. time that I, I mean, I could potentially just leave, I guess for two months, you know, it just wouldn't be good. Yeah. Come back to a whole bunch of negative Yelp reviews. And Ugh. if there's no oversight, um, Everyone that works for you just goes wild. Yeah. You need to just have the... You need to have at least some check-ins. Yeah. It's like that parents are gone kind of feel. That's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And the, that's just human nature, though. And it's it's your own fault for not being there, you know? Yeah. Because no one's ever going to care about the business as much as you guys do. You know? Right, right. When was the last time you went on vacation? Um, I, I go away quite a bit, but just for like little three-day short. Sports. Yeah, short ones. But I had to cancel my trip. Um, I go to Vegas three or four times a year. Nice. Um, Big gambler? Just poker. Yeah, you know, I played in the World Series of Poker several years in a row. Oh, nice. Shit. Yeah, we, good for you. And Ezra's big into poker too, so it's nice. Cool. Take trips out there quite That's a bit. That's fun. You ever make it decently far? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I so I'll, I'll play in the World Series, but I'm not a tournament player. I like cash. Okay, yeah, yeah. You so know? do I. So, so it's just, yeah, <laughs> you, you play cash game poker? No, I'm all blackjack. But oh, okay, anything with cash, I'll take cash over. <laughs> yeah, you know, fake money any yeah. day. <laughs> be careful though. Blackjack's net negative, even uh, counting cards. You yeah, know? you like count no oh okay <laughs> I've, I've read all those books too yeah yeah um to no avail i've always liked that movie 21 yeah that's exactly <laughs> the mit kids yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting until yeah. they don't use one deck in blackjack since but forever but the, to answer your question the last time i was supposed to go oh, yeah, yeah. to vegas Vacation. was like the first week they shut down for covid before uh, the, the bar nightclub convention because i go that's in march every year okay and that's that's fun Speaking of uh, COVID, we talked to a couple of restaurant on- owners who said they had trouble getting like their workers back because they were collecting so much money. Yeah. Did you run into that issue at all? So we're in a, a good position where because we were so stable before, everybody knew how much money they were going to make. Camp's like its own weird little um, customer magnet. Like no one was worried yeah. about customers not coming back. Okay. So we, we got our core group of staff back. We couldn't open to the hours, like we've expanded hours since we originally reopened after right. COVID, but we did like four, I forget what we originally did. It was it was an amended hourly schedule, schedule yeah. with our core employees. They, they all came back because they awesome. knew they were going to make a ton of money. Yeah, that's good. And then there was a lot of like, we had to add new people and people were nervous about coming back in the beginning um, when COVID was still real new. Well, the opening was still new. Right, right. Um, but since then, I mean, I tell everyone we've had like, thousands and thousands and thousands of customers come through camp since we started and we haven't even had one health scare with a staff or a customer it's good so that's awesome hey i think you just posted the other day you got 10 out of 10 score 11 out of 11 and then duff's yeah i just got the email today so we got checked at duff's yesterday um and we just got the email that we got 100 percent at duff's too hell yeah reopening reopening ri they just come in and they make sure you have like all the customer tracing cleaning logs employees wearing masks and stuff yeah yeah Yeah. 100 percent Hand sanitizer everywhere. That's and, awesome. Yeah, so it's, guys, it's it's easy stuff to do. You just right, but you just have to do what you say you're going to do, and it's uh, you know. 
So did you have to? Did you have to add like online ordering or anything like Grubhub delivery, like any type of that? I'm like anti third party. I think they're like parasitic organisms. I've heard. heard, Yeah, so we we won't. I've gotten big fights with them on the phone. Well, they'll. They're trying to sell the sell the food anyway. Like people will come up and say, "I'm here for Grubhub to pick up the food," and I won't give it to them. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I'll just we don't even because the interaction. Our food's not meant to be delivered, by the way. Yeah, By the time it gets like there, right certain there. food delivers well. Like pizza is nice and hot and gooey when it gets to the door because it can hold heat. Right. But like a little slider and like shoestring fries are going to be ice cold by the time they get to the customer. It's meant to be served to somebody at a table and consumed relatively quickly while it's still warm. By the time that food gets to somebody's house, they're going to call us and say, you gave me cold food. I don't del- no, I yeah. didn't. I had no idea that it was getting Grubhub delivered. Grubhub gave you cold food. Grub- Grubhub did, and it shouldn't have yeah. ever been delivered to your house because it's meant to be dine-in. Okay. So you don't do any delivery at all? Um, no. Yeah. So what we did pickup in the beginning. That's what I was going to ask. And we were so successful that we had to stop, to be honest, because no the customers, yeah, we were doing thousands and thousands of sliders a day to the point where like we couldn't make the food fast enough for the customers that were dining in. So we like literally had to kill like a successful business. Wow. That's crazy. Um, wow. But you don't make the money. Listen, the reason that we do enjoy dine in and i want to be transparent is we there's certain food items at camp that we don't make any money on that we potentially even lose two or three cents on hmm. but as soon, as soon as somebody has one soda or one beer we then we make a couple yeah make yeah. a dollar or two right and it's all about volume over there and like microtransactions and at the end of the month when you you have this many yeah, you know, it's it's a volume based business. That as and to it's it's about the experience too. Like camp has a really cool atmosphere. Like it's not the same as just going, picking it up, driving home, then maybe reheating it or eating it cold, and then you're like, that sucked. Yeah, we like people to hang out, chill for a while. Yeah, have um, a few drinks. Yeah, and unfortunately, we did have to get rid of the the takeout, but it's possible at some point we revisit that and build maybe another kitchen. Yeah, um, it's somewhere that's down, crazy. Downstairs. It just was too. Too we, popular. We, yeah, we would, need, we would need another kitchen. It was overwhelming. Like the, That's the, crazy. Basically, they uh, they had like a little mini coup in the kitchen, and they said, we're going to leave. We're all leaving if we have to keep doing the takeout and the dining. They're just overworked. Just, you yeah. can't lose everybody. You know? Right, right. It was, it was too much. It was too much for them. But that means good on you for realizing that and taking action yeah. instead of being like, no, you guys are doing this because you know your team's not going to – they're going to turn on you. Well, we're the don't. best guys to work for, man. We want everyone to have fun. It doesn't – and. Everyone's got to be, everything has to be sustainable. Right. Just in life, not even in business. But yeah. like if everyone that works for you hates you, they're not going to stay no. for two weeks, let alone two years, you know? Right. So you want everyone to be happy. Everyone, it's very important that everyone makes enough money. If and we tell every single person that works for us if you ever feel like you're not making enough money, you need to let us know and I will always give you more. Yeah. It just has to be reasonable, you know? Right. Um, everyone in the kitchen it makes 20% more than any other restaurant. Um, our managers are kind of on a, a plan where they're on salary but if for some reason they do something every week awesome. we, we give them extra money or if you just want to ask me for more money i'll give it to you because i respect you that much yeah. but they won't even do it because they make enough you know or and if they not, do them, yeah they, exactly know? and if if you're empowering them to feel comfortable they're not going to be greedy and say oh i just want more money because i can yeah dave is our general manager at camp and He's uh, big into shooting sports, and we bought him a gift certificate for uh, DNL, which is just like a the guns, the, the, the gun store. Yeah. Just, yeah, for like a new target pistol that he wanted. I'm not going to buy him a gun, but I bought him <laughs> yeah. an equivalent gift. That's a smart idea. Yeah, that's awesome. Just little stuff like out of the blue, you know. Yeah. It's really important because it costs. It's all and it's self serving in its own way too, because we're happy to have them, and it would not be good for the business if we had to replace them. I was know? just so, going to say like. The, the cost of like just being good to your employees and and doing everything you can to retain them, it's only going to help you because now if you got to go hire five new waitresses, a new general manager, a host, a bartender, that's a headache. But a it's also cool because then your staff likes working for you and can tell all their friends like these guys are awesome yeah, to work yeah. for, you know. And yeah. customers get comfortable, and then customers almost develop like friendships with bar. Oh, hey, John! Like, hey, good to see you, man! Like, I yeah. have a Budweiser, like, you know, whatever, like. You go to the same bar and you see the the bartender. And that, stuff yeah, that's like big. That. The it, regular customer dynamic is huge. Exactly. Like one of my life goals has always been to walk into a restaurant and just say, "I'll have the regular." I don't think it'll ever happen at this point, but yeah, hey, you're still young. Yeah, no, it'll it'll happen. <laughs> Trust me. Um, 
Cool. Well, uh, what what sort of future plans do you have? And you said maybe like another location. Yeah, we're always looking. Um, there's a bunch of stuff available now, and we've been looking for a few months to do another camp. Mm-hmm. Um, Would you do something sort of like a little variation of it or pretty similar? No, just, yeah, it may be a different size building, but the same interior, same decor, same, same menu, and same everything. menu. It'd just be easier to scale it that way yeah. um, for sure. And cause that would help us with um, economies of scale when we buy our products and stuff to get everything down if the menus are identical. That's one thing like that sucks about having two different concepts is you don't right. necessarily get the volume buying discounts because right. you're selling different products. Yeah. Um, just get that. Do you get a liquor? Does it help with the liquor at all? Or is it? Still, oh, big time. Big yeah. time. Yeah. Um, it took us a long time to get the price that we're getting now. Yeah. Let's put it, put it like that to where we're actually making decent money. That's good. Um, in the beginning it was slow. And then once they see you push volume and you start buying more, you know, we're getting like hundred case liquor store deals for an on-premise is on-premise and off-premise is how they like classify like different liquor buying Oh, okay. Um, liquor licenses. Yeah. So we're getting liquor store deals, which traditionally get better deals than us because they have lower margins. Have so. you seen a fall off in liquor sales from the start of the pandemic? Because liquor sales have gone up, beer sales have gone down. Beer, okay. uh, for for whatever reason, draft beer was like a big thing for us at camp for like a long time, and yeah. since the pandemic. That's it, it's yeah. It's because everyone's watching their weight now. They're like, I'll just, I'll just have it. Like a <laughs> yeah, I think so. Trying, or something. To, trying, trying to lose it. <laughs> yeah. And now everybody has a seltzer. If you guys started buying seltzers, so we haven't caved yet because yeah. I can't stand that. Stuff. <laughs> I hear you. I you know. Hear you. So it's not going to be a duff. So the guy Brooks is our general manager over there, and he does all the the, the whole beer program. He calls it. And I think he'll quit if we get him. He's way too hipster. You buy a seltzer, he's like, I'm out. He's way too hipster for that. But we potentially do it at, at camp. That's if, yeah, I, I guess yeah. they're taking over the universe. Well, they, Coors, the biggest one I've seen now. They actually don't Coors, taste that bad. You know, you no, know? they're not terrible. Yeah. Um, Coors Light just came out with one. That's the most recent. That's like a big one, I feel like. Well, Bud I mean, Light, Bud, Bud Bud Light, Light that was a big too, one. Bud Light, yeah. Coors Light. Um, yeah. I saw a Michelob one. The other Michelob day, has yeah, a Michelob had a seltzer. Yeah. It was like some lemon thing, though. I didn't, I didn't try it, but I saw. It. We actually do. We have CBD infused seltzer. Okay. That has no booze in it, but we then pour those into the bowls at camp. Oh, are those like Long Trail? Long Trail so, yeah, CBD. Yeah, I've had those. Those are the, so that'll relax you. So I don't, yeah. I don't um, partake in any recreational marijuana use. I, I don't sure. hate on anybody that does. The whole world smokes weed. I'm yeah. the only one. I just don't really enjoy it. I don't either. It. Never have. But. The CBD is interesting. If you have one of those seltzers at night, you get super sleepy, but not in an intoxicated way. Right. You just feel your body relax. And so the first time that I tried it was relatively recently, and it's cool. Yeah. After a long day, it's uh, very relaxing. relaxing. It's different because you don't feel, it's not psychoactive, so you're not feeling it, but you're kind of just like, you feel your body just slowing down a little bit. It's hard to explain, but I do see what you're saying because uh, I bought like a four pack at the Long Trail Brewery. Yeah, just to try them, and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like these things are kind of cool. So here's a funny story. I get massaged down the street. Um, I can't even think of it. I feel bad. Sorry, Jenna. Um, she owns the. It's in the Hope Artist Village. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, and I did not know that she does CBD massage. I guess. Oh. I've just known her for a long time, and she one day did like a CBD infused oil and I had a hard time driving home and I couldn't figure it out. So then like the next time it it didn't even hit me. And then the next time the same thing happened and I said, what is going on? (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's CBD infused uh, massage oil. It's supposed to really relax you. And I'm like, it's, it's working. <laughs> we can never do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? I got to go home and sleep. Yeah, yeah. in the middle of the day. Crazy. I actually, the Nitro Bar the other day, uh, the coffee place, they have CBD in their coffee now. And I tried one of those. Oh, you did try one? Yeah, it was on Monday. Uh, and like even that. Well, that seems like speedballing. That yeah. seems like, <laughs> got a, like a Red Bull vodka. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Is it Urban Bliss Holistic? Urban Bliss, yeah. I just Shout out up. Jenna. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> go check it, it out. Up. Unbelievable. You can get the CBD massage if you want. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we could go on forever, but. Yeah, I mean, you just seem like a great guy to work yeah, for. I'm yeah, glad yeah, that you came cool. in to chat yeah, with us. Appreciate you guys um, inviting me for sure, man. Yeah, uh, tell everybody, give everybody the location details, maybe both, and yeah, tell them the, where to check them out on Instagram. Duff's is 198 Putnam Pike in Johnston. Um, Duff's RI on Instagram. Camp Nowhere is Camp Nowhere RI on Instagram. Uh, 1838 Smith Street, North Providence. You guys can also check out 
Yeah, the menus are on the web pages, so campnowhereri.com or duffsri.com. Yeah. Menus on both. If you guys want to do reservations, you can do that on both websites also. Cool. You won't see JP there, but he'll be seeing he'll you be on the cameras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be watching. <laughs> he'll say hello from the cameras. <laughs> 100%. And one last question before we go. You're a design guy, right? Yes. How do you think the shiplap's going to look on this wall right here? This color. Oh, you're going to go all the way up? We're going to go just to the red underneath that ledge right there. I think it'll look cool. What, what yeah. color is that? It's like a dark blue. Oh, yeah. Flip it over. Dark blue gray? Because that's like a... It's kind of like a dark gray. It's like a charcoal. Yeah, I like it. It's gonna it'll contrast with this too, with the cameras. Yeah, cool. it'll yeah. it'll look better than the the light blue, I think. Cool, because we're All not right. designers, and I was like, we'll, <laughs> we'll give this a try. Yeah, <laughs> just, I'm doing um, yeah, I'm doing some cool tile stuff right now. You probably saw it on the story. Yeah, I yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, uh, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, go check out Duff's and Camp Nowhere. Check them out on Instagram. Go actually get some food and drinks there. Um, show JP some love. Show the restaurant some love. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, hit us up if you have any questions at Up In Your Biz Pod on Instagram. We'll catch you on the next episode. Rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs>